Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation, hour number two. And of course, hour number one was just with Steve Hook. But now we are very happy to welcome back to the program my co-host and um, a man on assignment, Brian McLean, a.k.a. Hesher. Hesher, hey, brother, it's so good to see you, man. We miss you. What's hey, going great. on? Yeah, yeah, man, I've been missing you too. It's great to be here, and I'm out here in uh, California. It's a beautiful December day, a little bit brisk, but no snow, no rain, no freezing temperatures. Uh, I'm in the Sierra Nevada foothills, and uh, they've got Cornish Christmas happening and Victorian Christmas uh, here in Grass Valley in Nevada City. It's just beautiful, you know, and I was listening to you and Eden Hill, and I hope Eden's tuned back in so she hears me say this. Thank you, Eden, for the wonderful Christmas present this year. I passed it along. Just amazing. Yeah, excellent. <clears throat> and uh, I appreciate you passing that along. But, man, it's it's really beautiful here uh, this time of year, Steve. So uh, I'm seeing family doing a little bit of uh, investigative journalism of my own. I'm digging through a time capsule out here pretty much. So uh, really appreciate you holding down the show, man. Yeah, glad to be here with you from uh, beautiful California. Yeah, and you're in a part of California that does not have uh, fecal maps. Uh, so you're in a nice part of California. You're not, you're not in the, in the, in the, in the dregs of, uh, uh, of LA and San Francisco. So that's nice. But, um, what, so, so what's on your mind, man? What's, uh, what, what have you been thinking about while you've been on this, uh, this, uh, temporary hiatus? Well, a couple things, just kind of building on what we said about what Eden was saying about Christmas. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of Merry Christmas being wished here. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I haven't seen any issues with that here in the foothills. Um, I do see, I haven't been here in about eight years. And I do see a, a big demographic change, Steve. The demographic change is very interesting. Where I'm at, uh, we always kind of thought would end up being sort of a, you know, high scale rural retirement area and there is a lot of that uh it's also very uh rich in you know blue collar skills there's a lot of skilled workers out here you know plumbers people doing you know um that blue collar work so it's it's nice to see that you know still thriving here but when you go out after i don't know 3 p.m uh the town is now seems to be populated with uh gypsies rapscallions uh, uh, hooligans and trimigrants, to be quite honest. It's a, it's a very like unexpected sort of demographic change. But even with that going on, um, the Christmas vibe is amazing here, Steve. Everybody seems to be saying Merry Christmas. They've uh, closed off the, the main part of the downtown main drag here in Grass Valley. And it's been laid over with brick. It's like permanently closed down and it's just decorated with beautiful Christmas lights all over it. So, you know, it's interesting being back here in California and seeing how it has changed in the last eight years while I've lived in Texas. Um, And yeah, I see, I see a lot of the things that we talk about, right? Like I'm here experiencing it, but at the same time, I do still sort of see that, you know, um, shadow of the California that I love and grew up in. 
Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. First of all, what, what is a trimigrant? <laughs> a trimigrant. Okay. So when Prop 215 passed here in California back in the late 90s, um, people were legally allowed to grow marijuana. So they there were a lot of grows around here. And that was sort of what started the demographic change around here. So people would have these big plots of land and they would grow, you know, buttloads of marijuana. And then people would come to town and get temporary gigs trimming it. So we uh, refer to them as uh, trimigrants uh, lovingly. I see. I see. <laughs> I've heard stories about some of these trimigrants. And how a lot of these guys hire very pretty women to do all their trimming. And uh, and they say, well, you can't wear anything except for like a bathing suit because we don't want you to be stealing the property, uh, stealing the stealing the profits. Is that true? I've heard these tales. I've heard these tales. And I'm sure that this has happened. Uh, you know, I heard you talking about Penn State. And it kind of is just like, hmm, this is sort of the, the black market version of a uh, Penn State sort of story. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would hope that that's not the norm. Uh, but I have heard these tales, Steve, so I can't uh, deny that that may be going on in some places. And, you know, the, the, frankly, uh, a lot of it is is done by people that are pretty good natured and wouldn't do that to another human being. Um, but yeah. then there are some very rural areas that have like the old school elements, the more uh, California cartel elements. And I think those people, some of them, unfortunately, do harder drugs and do, you know, inhumane yeah. things sometimes. I can't believe that the, uh, the the misogynistic attitude of some of these old school hippies, unbelievable. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> anyway, well, that's that's good to hear. So, so, but it, but it sounds like the war on Christmas is uh, is not necessarily being waged as hard in that part of Cali because that's what Eden and I were talking about. Did you hear the story that I referenced with her uh, regarding the? Uh, regarding the college grand canyon university i'll hold that thought because i'm just going to read a quick liner here uh, listen if you have an upcoming community event a rally a march festival fundraiser maybe and you want some free publicity man oh man do i have a place for you tnt radio wants to promote all of that for you simply visit our what's on events calendar at the tnt radio website and submit your event details and we'll get the word out for you right here on tnt radio Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, Hesher. Um, thank you, brother. Uh, did you hear that story? $37.5 million fine handed down to Grand Canyon University. And it's a staggering amount, especially when you give, uh, when, uh, given the uh, amount that they find University of Pennsylvania for uh for covering up Jerry Sandusky you remember that that was the pervert that was uh showering with kids or at least taking pictures of them when they showered uh and then of course also um the cover up of uh that the the the, the uh gymnastics coach uh who was uh who's now going to probably die in prison yeah like 4.5 million for that and 2.4 million for the Sandusky cover up and yet Grand Canyon University, a Christian private school, gets fined $37.5 million. It's almost like they're trying to put him out of business. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, how do they even come up with these numbers for a case like that? It's like, what? I mean, it's it's very strange, Steve. It's like lawfare happening, even, you know, this this sort of identity politics based lawfare. It is going to ruin our country if it keeps happening. You know, this it is a a bold faced, blatant injustice. You know what I mean? Anyone can see it who will just look at similar cases. You know, you could say the same thing about Trump and everybody that got wrapped up in 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 the Trump trials, the uh, previous and current. Yeah, J Sixers. I mean, it's just crazy when you when you take the two events, similar events, or something like that you put them on the scale and it's like where is lady justice you know clearly not blind yeah clearly not and i just i saw this story and i was absolutely mortified for it about it because this is you know these are the same people that say that they care about the remember the me too movement after the whole harvey weinstein and all of that and now all of a sudden you've got a case where a college uh is a fine is assessed a fine of 2.4 million dollars against Penn State for failing uh to reveal and covering up a serial pedophile football coach Jerry Sandusky where's the me too outrage there uh, not much of it and and then 4.5 million against Michigan State University they're the ones that hired Dr. Larry Nasser who of course fondled damn near anyone he could get his hands on and again he will die in prison thankfully uh but they're saying that Grand Canyon University wasn't telling their 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 graduate students they weren't giving them the proper info, even though no as far as as far as cost and how they're gonna have to continue to go to school. It was all a trumped up thing. And and not one student has ever complained about this with this university, this college. Nobody's complained about it. None of the administrators have uh, or even the faculty has complained about it, but the federal government found reason to impose a $37.5 million fine on a private Christian college. That kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I would say expect more. There's going to be more of this. That's sort of the, the the bleedy, pointy tip of the spear that is going to be continuing to probably ramrod through institutions like this, Steve. It's very, very unfortunate to see. And, uh, yeah, the, the students are the ones that lose out. Yeah, I, I well, listen, we don't have a lot of time left with you, but I want to get into a couple of quick things because I always want to get your opinion because, you know, typically when we do the show together, you and I kind of talk about this stuff before we get on the air and we know where we're going. And I usually kind of know where your head is on a lot of these subjects. And I think that you're going to agree with me on this. Do you think Democrats are as nervous as they appear to be? Because it looks to me as if the... Uh, uh, the House Oversight Committee, uh, the Democrats, Jerry Raskin in particular, is silently meeting with some of these House and even Senate Republicans trying to get them off of this impeachment inquiry. Uh, and, of course, the media is saying, well, this is just politics. This is just the Republicans trying to pay, play political football with a poor, helpless former addict, which we knew they were going to do that, but... What do you think about Raskin trying to get them to to knock this off? Sounds like they're getting really um, nervous. Yeah, they they should be. They should be. You know, um, it, there's so much evidence. I mean, we've been covering this for the entire existence of TNT, pretty much everything leading up to this and this itself. Um, it's just been an amazing ride of power politics over the last 
two terms, you know, it's, it's really like nothing that we've ever seen before. And it does feel like everything is being thrown at the wall right now, multiple contingency plans in place, uh, you know, to, to what level we don't even know, you know, what's the DEFCON for a <laughs> contingency plan at this point? Like, you know, <laughs> if there's just an overwhelming dismissal of the mainstream narrative and an overwhelming dismissal of the uniparty of rhinos and Democrats at this point. I mean, it is really reaching a fevered pitch. Yesterday, Alex Jones was allowed back on Twitter. Elon Musk reinstated Alex Jones and a space ensued. Mario, uh, he hosted a space with Alex Jones as the primary guest. And Steve, I got to tell you, I listened to this thing and, you know, I'm, I'm no uh, Elon Musk or Alex Jones uh, apologist or worshiper. You know, I try to give them credit when they do good. And I'm critical of some things they do in, in both of those different swim lanes, you know, in, in media and technocracy. <clears throat> but, but the conversation that they had was very frank, very open Everyone who was anyone was there listening. I saw all the names. Vivek Ramaswamy came in. General Flynn came in. Elon himself came in. You know what I mean? Massive accounts. All the massive accounts were there. Tens of millions of people will have listened to this. And, you know, regardless of how far down the rabbit hole you are uh, with your thoughts about Elon, with free speech and Alex, with media – The fact of the matter is the conversation they were having was a narrative destroying conversation. It was about the very simple facts of weaponization of government, of uh, loss of free speech, uh, technocracy, tyranny, globalism, huge names talking about it. And by the and it's recorded. So people are listening to it right now all over the world. And, uh, you know, again, these guys aren't my saviors, but the conversation was so big and had so many listeners. I think that means something, Steve, and they should be desperate. Those Democrats, globalists, uniparty, rhinos and and all these ghouls, they should be feeling desperate right now because people get what's going on. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, it's funny you'd mention that uh, the Alex Jones story and 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 the uh, space on X where they discuss this. Uh, we're going to be talking to Cheryl Chumley here in a little bit, and that's one of the subjects I'm going to bring up with her uh, because I'm not a big fan of Alex Jones, uh, but at the same at the same time, I believe uh, free speech should be pretty much absolute uh, unless it resorts to total harassment, you know, the, the kind of crap that we saw play out on with Elise Stefanik and stuff. But, I mean, by and large, free speech is, uh, you know, First Amendment, so... Yeah, I think you're right, though, uh, Hesh. I do think people are waking up to this. And I also know for a damn fact that they are very, very nervous about this. And that here's the tell. Every time they discuss the Hunter Biden indictment, whether it's ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, all the usual suspects, print media, too, they all say the same thing. Well, you know, Joe Biden has not been implicated in any of this. There's no evidence. And yet they ignore the fact that every bit of evidence that the House Oversight Committee and Judiciary has tried to get, they've been denied. The Justice Department won't give it to them. I just saw Speaker Mike Johnson on on the news yesterday talking about it. He goes, we requested over 82,000 emails 
and they've given us 14 pages and they won't give us anything else. So they are hiding uh, Joe Biden's involvement on this, but those pictures don't lie. He met all of those business associates. He went to dinners with them. He he played rounds of golf with them. So don't you think it's pretty funny that they're all saying this? Oh, wait, there's no evidence. And then, of course, there's reams of evidence. Yeah, well, you know, everybody on that space and everybody that hears it know that people like, you know, everyone I mentioned and all those other massive accounts on there know dang well that the mass media cartel is a mockingbird cartel and that the CIA is behind the talking points there. So, you know, now that that is pretty much going mainstream, people will start to uh they'll you know you know what i mean they'll, they'll even be like wait a minute you mean the conspiracy people aren't conspiracy people and i have all this evidence now that i can look at in the public realm i mean yeah, i don't know yeah. i don't know there's a chance it's, it's, it's all theater there's there's a chance that this opening up and going wide is you know part of a larger plan but it is what it is and it ha- is having the effect that it's having and we can't deny that yeah, the conspiracy theories are no longer conspiracy theories. They're just conspiracies, and they're true, and people see them. Hey, Brian, listen, uh, Hesh, thank you for uh, giving us some time today, brother. I know you're busy out there. You're doing God's work, my friend. You're doing God's work. And where are we, are we going to chat with you tomorrow? God willing, you will. If I can be there, I will be there, Steve. Okay, brother. Well, listen, I know you're going to be back before too long. So we thank you for all the time you can give us today. And hopefully we'll talk at you tomorrow, brother. You have a wonderful day. Uh, Brian McLean, a.k.a. Hesher, co-host right here on State of the Nation on TNT Radio. We'll be back with Cheryl Chumley in just a bit. See you, Hesh. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And and I, if I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. 
If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. We are always happy to welcome our next guest. She's an opinion editor, commentary writer, and the host of the Bold and Blunt podcast for one of my favorite newspapers, The Washington Times. Cheryl Chumley joins us, and we wanted to focus on the squelching of free speech. We kind of touched on that with Hesher just a minute ago, and also uh, get her take on it. Uh, Cheryl Chumley, hello. Welcome to State of the Nation. How are you today, ma'am? Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be with you. Yeah, it's great to have you. And I wanted to get your take on this. For one, I love the name of your podcast, Bold and Blunt. That's what we need. We need more of that. Um, It seems to me that free speech is being squelched at an ever-increasing level. Uh, We just talked with uh, my co-host, who uh, is on assignment, as we say. And I talked about the case of the uh, Grand Canyon University a private Christian college. I don't know if it's a university. Yeah, it is a university. It is a a Grand Canyon University fined $37.5 million by the Biden administration for something that they didn't really even do. But this seems to be an attempt to kind of shut them up and shut them down. And then we're seeing all kinds of other indications, uh, whether it's woke, the woke agenda, the cancel culture, what is going on with our free speech uh, in this country these days, Cheryl? It's a really good question. It's very interesting because this didn't just happen out of the blue. As a matter of fact, if you go back a couple of decades, when we first started hearing things on, on American uh, politics and culture, hate speech, and the questions were asked back then, well, what is hate speech really? Is that even a thing? And from out of that, we slowly saw the left take that phrase, mainstream it, and then make it so that the younger generations think that there are actually those types of restrictions on speech. And from there, we saw offensive speech and harmful speech, dangerous speech under the coronavirus. Uh, People were shut down because they were speaking dangerously and so forth. So I'm not surprised when you see these fights on college campuses and just at uh, hotspots around America, but we definitely need to push back because our freedom on speech is in peril. Yeah, it, it seems like it's, and it seems very orchestrated, doesn't it? It seems like, you know, I was talking earlier in the program with Eric Rice, and he was talking about how Americans, by a large swath of Americans, are very ignorant about uh, how our economy works and all that. And I asked him, is that by design? Is it by design that we that Americans are being dumbed down on these issues? Is it by design that we're being dumbed down on our civics, our traditions, our morals. And it seems like it is by design. Doesn't it seem that way to you? Oh, absolutely. It's it's a strategy of the left to stifle dissenting viewpoints. And when we talk about free speech in America and the state of free speech, we're not really talking so much about speech as we are about control. Because if you look at what's taking place, for instance, right now on college campuses in America, if, if you want to go out there and protest on the pro-Palestinian side, the anti-Israel side, talk about river to the sea and 
basically mouth the talking points uh, of the anti-Semitic crowd, then that's free speech. But if you're a conservative who wants to go to those same college campuses and talk about the state of conservatism in America, or God forbid, Christianity and something like that, then you're booted, then you're booed out of your speaking engagement and, and uh, really shunned and thrown off campus because that is hate speech, that is intolerant speech. So this is an issue of control, and you're absolutely right. It's by strategic design of the left to shut down dissenting viewpoints. You know, Cheryl, I'm old enough to remember when the left stood firm for civil liberties, and they said, down with the man, power to the people. Seems now that they've kind of gotten the power, it's screw the people that don't think exactly the way we do, and more power to the man. Kind of ironic, huh? Kind of ironic, kind of dangerous. And the reason for that is because the Democrat Party of today is not the Democrat Party of a couple decades ago. JFK yeah. days are over. Even Bill Clinton Democrat Party days are over because certainly under Bill Clinton, he had some moral issues. But he wasn't a man who hated America. That really came in uh, full steam under Barack Obama, and it's being continued under Joe Biden. And we're not dealing with a Democrat party that simply hates America or has political differences with Republicans. We're talking about a Democrat party that has been infiltrated by Marxists and collectivists and globalists. And really, the thing that is the stumbling block to their collectivism and their communism and so forth is a free America. America. So that's what we're fighting against. Yeah. Yeah. You're not kidding. Well said, because that is exactly what it is. Uh, listen, Cheryl, we're going to take a, just a real quick break for a headline. But when we come back, I want to talk about uh, Obama and quote unquote fundamental change and how it has it, it leapfrogged the, the, the Trump administration for a brief a time as that was. And now they're back in full force with the uh, with the Biden administration. So we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about Alex Jones as well, getting back on Twitter or X now. My guest is uh, Cheryl Chumley. You're listening to State of the Nation. Let's jump to some headlines and we'll be right back on TNT Radio. The conversation continues. You guys are awful positive today for what we're witnessing. It's that division that they want to push. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. An F-16 fighter jet of the U.S. Air Force crashed into the Yellow Sea off the coast of South Korea during a training exercise on Monday following an in-flight emergency. India's top court on Monday upheld a 2019 decision by Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government to strip disputed Jammu and Kashmir's special status as a semi-autonomous region with a separate constitution and inherited protections on land and jobs. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. My guest is Cheryl Chumley. Uh, Cheryl, I wanted, I mentioned Alex Jones uh, before we took that headline. Alex Jones is a, is, is a guy that I'm, I've never really been a huge fan of the guy. I certainly don't like the way he portrayed the whole uh, Sandy Hook school shooting. I thought that was just terrific. That said, I'm one of those guys that falls back on the old adage, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I'll fight like hell for your right to say it. That is completely lost on today's left, and the Obama administration kind of kicked that off, as you alluded to. It's really back in full force with Biden, huh? 
It is, but we can look at Alex Jones being reinstated to X, formerly Twitter, by Elon Musk, and some of the others who have been reinstated, most notably Donald Trump, right, to this social media platform, as significant wins on our side. So yes, the left is busily trying to stifle uh, dissenting viewpoints and free speech and any narrative that counters the uh, the government bullet points they want put out there. But enough Americans are fighting back. And we have in Elon Musk a good defender of free speech. He's not perfect on conservative principles or anything like that. But on free speech, he did a great service, not just for Alex Jones, uh, a guy I've long defended. Like you said, I'm not 100% on board with how he brings his viewpoints out or even what he fights for. But he has a right to say them, right? You, you have a right to be a conspiracy theorist in America, if that's what you want to do and to speak those conspiracies or viewpoints. And the fact that he's back on social media, I think that's a big win for our side. Yeah. And I would, I would absolutely echo what you said about Elon. I, I don't always dig his politics. I don't always get, I think sometimes he goes off the rails a little bit, but you know what? Hey, he's the richest man on the planet. Uh, and, and, and if he stands up for free speech, he can't be all bad. Uh, and, and the same, same for Alex Jones, for that matter. I'm not a big fan of Alex Jones, but I think he has a right to a platform. Now, the funny thing is, is as we talk about this free speech, we saw what Elise Stefanik did, the way she dressed down these three professors. I thought it was a, a stroke of genius. The funny thing is though, had any of these students been on campus saying, oh, I don't know, uh, misgendering people. And saying, and thousands of kids were on the the college green, uh, chanting a, a, against transgenders or no fat chicks allowed. And I'm just being hyperbolic here to kind of make the point. That school would have booted those kids. Would have would have said, okay, well, you know what, your fraternity is off the campus. But they they seem to pick and choose what they what they deem to be acceptable free speech, and it always goes in the direction of the left. It's uh, I don't know how people can't miss it. And and could you imagine if they advocated for what you just described, those couple of um, ideas, wearing uh, MAGA hats or Donald Trump T-shirts, the, the media cycles would still be buzzing about that. And they do pick and choose. And that's why it's not about free speech. You know, the conservative side of things does not have a problem with the left uh, out there talking all their lunatic fringe bullet points and ideas and everything. We, we rather would have it out in the open so people could see so there could be some sort of transparency leading to accountability than having it behind closed doors but the democrats the left they don't give that same sort of uh outreach for for free speech that the conservatives do in america yeah exactly right and i mean if if if, if they say that sunlight is the best disinfectant uh they shun shun away from it when it comes to free speech that they don't agree with. I do find it so, um, it's galling in a way, but I guess if we're looking for fresh, you know, green sprouts of uh, freedom, we, we, we can point to Alex Jones. We can point to Elon Musk. We can appoint to Donald Trump getting back, uh, getting back on social media platforms. Um, do you think that the mood of America has shifted? Because you're right. This didn't just happen overnight. It didn't happen in a vacuum. Hell, I remember 20 years ago, people on the right were saying, 
What is this new phrase, political correctness? What is that all about? Well, political correctness morphed into cancel culture and all the rest of it that we're dealing with today. Do you think it's people are finally starting to shake that off and say, screw all of that? I think people are awakening to the fact that our previously, um, you know, accepted norms of individual freedoms in this country are under such great threat right now. I think before maybe too many Americans were asleep to the idea or they thought that when attacks on free speech, for instance, uh, came about, it was just sort of a, a, a spot uh, on on a, on a radar, on a long bullet, on a long on a long line, and so forth. But it wasn't something that was nationwide. But I think more Americans are awakening to the fact that this is really a concerted uh, effort, campaign, have you, of the left to drive down free speech. And so when you ask if the mood shifted in America, I think Americans who cherish individual freedoms and understand what that means in America definitely are up and fighting uh, madly to recapture and reclaim these rights. The problem, though, is the younger generation, uh, the, the younger people in America who have been brainwashed in public schools to believe that America is the problem of all that ails the world and that socialism is the way to go. And with that, they're willing to cede their individual liberties. Oh, my God. See, that's the big fear, isn't it? And that is obviously the push uh, from uh, the likes of uh, uh, of Obama. I mean, I remember when he first said back in uh, right before he I think it was a week or two before he was inaugurated. He said we're uh, what, 36, 48 hours away from fundamentally changing America. Whenever I hear somebody say we're going to fundamentally change America, I know where they're coming from. They're coming from a point of. I can't stand this country and we're going to change it to, 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 to a, you know, to an idea that I can wrap my head around, i.e. Marxism. They can call it democratic socialism all they want. It's Marxism. And you're right, uh, Cheryl. It's all about control, isn't it? It's all about power. It is. And, you know, America doesn't need to be fundamentally changed, right? There are there are issues that need to be addressed, like in any nation. But the fundamentals of America are still that we are the greatest nation in the world because, to summarize our exceptionalism, it's that our rights and liberties come from God. And government is only there in, in the role of service and protector of those God-given rights. So to change the fundamentals of America is to toss out the ideal that our individualism and our rights come from a creator and to bring in a sort of uh, communist type principle where we take our rights from government. Government chooses who gets, who doesn't get, uh, who gives and who has to give for those other people. So, uh, you know, Obama did great danger and he is really the puppet master behind this puppet president we have right now, Joe Biden. Yeah, and he's just doing horrible, horrible damage, along with all his acolytes, Susan Rice and the rest of them. It's 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 just despicable to watch it all go down. And I, too, am fearful of what these younger generations... If I could give you an anecdotal, I would just say that I've got two adult daughters, young adults, 25, 27 years old, respectively, and uh, they and all of their friends are kind of hip to what's going on, but there's a whole bunch of them that aren't. And I it just scares me that... You know, I always tell my kids, I say, you know, guys, you don't miss the water till the well runs dry. And, and when mm -hmm. we no longer have these individual rights and we don't have this liberty, then you're going to notice it. You may not give a damn about it now, but when it's gone, you're going to really rue the day 
uh, that we ushered it out. Um, I wish I w- I, I'm going to give it to you for the last word, Cheryl. Try and give us some positive good news, some spin, something, and plug where you can, where we can find your columns and stuff. Absolutely. Well, here's the good news, right? In America, since we have God-given individual liberties, that means God is in the DNA of our country. And God doesn't need a majority, right? He doesn't need 51% of Americans voting for liberty-type principles. He He doesn't need anybody, but he uses just a few. So if we can be that remnant, even when it feels dark and perilous and our side is losing, God can certainly use that. And I I don't think he's done with America yet. Well, there you go. That's well said. And uh and and I I completely agree with you. Cheryl Chumley, the bold I I I want to make sure that I get your uh, your podcast, Bold and Blunt Podcast, The Washington Times. Where can we find that? You can subscribe to it at The Washington Times and you can find it wherever podcasts are offered. Thank you. Appreciate hey, that. Hey Cheryl, thank you. It's and for for my money, it's one of the best newspapers out there and the podcast is great as well. Cheryl Chumley, thank, thank you, you for being that. You have a wonderful day. Take care of yourself. You t- Merry Christmas to you, Cheryl. Thank you so much. You're listening to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Coming up on the other side of it, Andrew Langer joins us. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. William F. Buckley, who was a great conservative and a great Catholic philosopher, once said a lot of the problems with the church came from the popes. Because there were a lot of popes that had one foot in the city of man, one foot in the city of God. There's no greater example than the current pope. It is absolutely astounding that he's saying what he's saying about climate. It's the height of ignorance. Climate is not out of control. And as a matter of fact, if it was out of control, there's nothing man can do about it. This whole thing is a scam. And what is fascinating about the situation is he doesn't even seem to look at who he's in bed with with this. A lot of these people are sectarians. They don't have any appeal to a higher authority except for themselves as a higher authority. And they're out to play God. And he's actually putting himself in bed with that. And you want to know something? If you want to be the spiritual leader of 1.2 billion Catholics, you want to get involved in politics, and that's exactly what climate is, politics. You've got one foot in the city of man, one foot in the city of God. Not only does it rip you up, but it's going to rip your followers up. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out, I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids, and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March, and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through, and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador, so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my license, made a move across the country. Life now is 
just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. Interviews, news and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, yes, you are watching and listening to State of the Nation with just me, Steve Hook, Brian Hesher McLean will be back soon enough, but uh, it's just me. Well, Biden is in a world of hurt right now. Most recent polls show him even even outside the margin of error. He's losing, uh, and he's losing to Trump, and they are in a panic. Once again, we're very happy to welcome a friend of the program and the director of the Center for Regulatory Freedom at the CPAC Foundation, Andrew Langer. Andrew, hey, hey brother. It's great to see you, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm 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 good. You know, just watching watching with great expectation everything that is happening on the uh, the presidential stage. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's watching it more than the Democrats are. They seem to be really really uh, nervous, uh, to put it uh, mildly. We know that uh, Jamie Raskin is trying to confer with several House Republicans, as well as some Senate Republicans saying, hey, you guys, maybe you should back off of this whole impeachment inquiry thing. Mm. Uh, we're seeing the media saying, well, there's no evidence that Joe Biden did anything wrong. After all, it's Hunter Biden, and he was an addict. He was an addict that managed to secure millions and millions and millions of dollars and kind of move that money around. What do you think's going on here inside the... Uh, the 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 closed doors uh, and the, and the smoke cigar smoke filled rooms of Democrat operatives now about right well let's about now. let's start here with with you know on the indictments issue and Hunter Biden you know the Democrats are being done great favors by Mitt Romney you know going on Meet the Press yesterday and essentially parroting every DNC talking point on this uh, inquiry and that's. What it is, as I've said, it's and it's got to be right. We've got to get to the root, frankly, as to what Joe Biden was doing when he was vice president of the United States. Just what the hell was going on uh, with his son's business and the relationship between his son's business and the activities of the vice president? Who knows? Right. By the way, there may not be anything there. I I, I, I suspect there is. Um, you know, you, you you don't have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, money being cha- you know changing hands and policies being impl- implicated without it. You know, without there being something there. Um, but when we when it comes to the issues of the um, the election, here's the thing to keep in mind. Um, you know, the the Democrats are they know that they have the advantage and that they don't have to pull the trigger on deciding about what to do about Joe Biden until August of 2024. Right. That's really the and, I'm you know, something I'm just using the phrase. It's really the, the limit there. There's another a bunch of other phrases you can use that I won't use because I don't want to jinx anything. Um, But the reality is that the DNC rules are very different than the RNC rules when it comes to replacing a candidate. And Democrats have no compunction against breaking their own rules even uh, to get what they want to do. You know, case in point, what the Democrats did in New Jersey, I I think it was in 2001 with the Bob Torricelli, maybe it was 2003, with the Bob Torricelli race um, in which they replaced him illegally uh, after you know the deadline had passed, but they knew that he was going to lose uh, to the Republican uh, Doug Forrester, so they changed out. And so, if they really think, if all of their tactics against Donald Trump uh, to pull at him, if they really think that Joe Biden is potentially going to lose to him, they will pull Joe Biden with no hesitation. They'll make up some excuse, probably medical or age related, and whoever is polling best in their internal polling 
that's who they will put up against Donald Trump. It's just got to be done before early voting starts next September. Well, let me ask you this. Here's another possibility, Andrew, and I agree with you on that. But here's and I'm also completely in agreement with they have no compunction of breaking rules, whether right. it's their own rules, whether it's constitutional law, whatever it is, they're going to do it because that's what they've you know, you know, I, 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 I can judge them by the fruits of what they've done. And, right. and this is what they've done. Now, what about this possibility? What about Biden continues to hang in there and to cognitively kind of stumble through and uh, and 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 to shuffle on the stage at the DNC convention, having secured the nomination, and then from the podium say, "I've conferred with go the good Doctor Jill. I've conferred with my administration. I've I have decided that I'm going to take all of these delegates that are now in my back pocket, and I'm going to hand them to Gavin Newsom, sure. or I'm going to you know I mean they could do that. They they could, and it's very I think easy the country to do would again. burn, but. The Democrat rules are, are much simpler in this regard. Plus, you have the super delegates. Here's the thing, Steve, and I and I gotta I gotta admit I don't remember this. I just don't remember which which party goes first, right? What the Democrats don't want to do is to give Republicans an opportunity to react and change their own horses uh, in relation to whatever the Democrats do. Um, you know, not that they necessarily would, but they might. And so, what what, what the Democrat tactic will do is to get to the very last possible moment so that Republicans can't do anything about it. And then they will play as what we've been calling on my podcast, the old switcheroo. Um, yeah. So it, it could very well be if, if uh, the Democratic convention is after the Republican convention, it's possible that they would do it then. Um, but I, I, I don't, I just don't remember who goes first. And I apologize for that. No, that's uh, quite all right. Cause I don't, I don't know either, but I just know yeah. that uh, to your point, they have no compunction whatsoever right. of breaking rules, breaking law. And the and, torch, and, I was I lived in New Jersey when that went. I, I still live in New Jersey, but I remember when Torricelli, when all that happened, and we were just laughing about it here. I was like, going, Oh my God, can you believe right. that they're doing and, it? And a good a good friend of mine was managing Doug Forrester's campaign that year, and they were doing very well, a very, very competent campaign management. And they they were beside themselves when the, the New Jersey courts sided with the Democrats on this. But that gets to sort of the heart of the political corruption and the thumb on the scale that one side has in all of these things. Uh, not it wasn't uh, a candidate switching, but Democrats in Maryland, you know, violating the law in terms of the, the legislative process and courts, you know, supporting them in all of this. It, it, it It's the rule of law unless and until it it doesn't help the Democrats. If it helps that if it doesn't help the Democrats, then they just go about and they they flout the law. <laughs> I mean, I laugh because you know uh, what else can you do but cry? Let me ask right. you about this, Andrew, because this is uh this is kind of an interesting story. I think I'm reading from FoxNews.com, uh, but uh, a top White House a w top White House aide worked at law firm heavily involved with corporate entities. Tied to Hunter and the Biden family. Now, get this. A White House aide who has held multiple positions in the Biden administration, including White House Deputy uh, Staff Secretary, previously sp spent nearly two decades at the Delaware law firm that was heavily involved with corporate entities tied to Hunter Biden, his business associates, and other Biden family members. It's a Biden international family of grift. Right. But Michael Hockman a top lawyer for more than 17 years at Mozak, Mursky, McLaughlin, and Browder, 
originally co-founded by Joe Biden in 1970 before he jumped into the Senate. At any rate, this guy has been involved in lots of the Biden family businesses, everything from Rosemont Seneca to uh, Owasco, all of these companies that now we're finding out were set up via a lot of them via LLCs. This does not smell even slightly uh, good. What, What do you think about this? Well, again, you know, this is this is where it comes down to where you have these double standards. And if the Democrats didn't have double standards, they'd have no double. They'd have no standards at all. Listen, all I know is when I hear top lawyer and then I and then I get dropped some no name law firm, you know, in Delaware, I'm like, okay, not really a top lawyer. But then again, you know, if if this person isn't some kind of top tier New York white shoe firm person or D.C. white shoe firm person, what, what are they doing in the White House? Well, the answer is they have deep and abiding ties to Biden, Inc. And that's. That's what we're talking about here. Someone with this kind of intimate knowledge of these situations. This is the way this game gets played. And, and what they're banking on is that Americans are not going to care or that the media is not going to ask any questions. And I'm reminded, Steve, of, you know, the, the and I've talked about this a couple of times today. You know, the, the, the bigger story of corruption in the uh, the Hillary Clinton State Department was not the email scandal. Um, well, you know, the email scandal was important. Don't get me wrong. But the fact is, and this is all factual. This is not conjecture. Hillary Clinton, while she was secretary of state, her two senior most aides were also serving as consultants to a consulting firm called Taneo Holdings at the same time. Uh, at the same time, Taneo Holdings clients were doing business with the State Department. That's not, you know, in dispute either. At the same time, Taneo Holdings clients we're giving huge sums of money to the Clinton Foundation, benefiting Hillary Clinton's husband and Hillary Clinton's daughter, and yet there has been there was there was never any investigation of this. Why? Because it's a complicated story. It's not a sexy story. It's not a you know it's not simple like emails and wiping servers. But to me, it's the far more important story. Again, it's this idea of using one's office. Uh, for the inurement of benefit. Right? We spend all of this time, and all there are all these court cases against Donald Trump. Uh, for his him possibly being swayed by people who are spending fifteen hundred dollars a night to buy a hotel suite at the Trump Hotel, and yet yeah. uh, there's you know no no uh, investigation of the millions of dollars between Hillary Clinton's aides, the consulting firm that they were working for, their clients, and the Clinton Foundation. No investigation of that whatsoever. Yeah, well, and plus the fact that the media and the Democrat Party are basically two sides of the same right. coin. I mean, that's got to be that's got, we got to underscore that. What I find so amazing is, and, and this just kind of just kind of prove that point uh, is they're all reading from the same script right now, aren't they, Andrew? Absolutely. And the script the, here's the way the script goes: Yes, Hunter Biden had some problems. We all know somebody in our family or our circle of friends that has dealt with the horrible disease of addiction. A hunter was addicted, but there's absolutely no reference of Joe Biden, blah, 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 blah. You can see that the, the talking heads on CNN, MSNBC, all the three major networks. Mitt Romney most, yesterday on Meet the Press. Yeah, Mitt Romney on Meet. Well, that's because Mitt Romney's tied into this, too, because Mitt Romney was making money out of Burisma. Peter Schweitzer re- revealed that. But here's the thing. They know damn good and well that the DOJ and the three-letter agencies, FBI, whoever, has got all this, uh, 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 probably SEC, they're not giving up the information. Mike Johnson was on with uh, Maria Bartiromo yesterday, and he said, look, we've we've requested 82,000 emails that we know exist, 
and they've given us 14 pages. And then the yeah. media dutifully goes out there and says, see, there's nothing there from Joe. Right. Well, if they're not going to give you the, you know. And and that's that's why the inquiry and the vote on the inquiry is so important. Right. I mean, that's but remember, again, this goes back to the Clinton playbook, right? It's stall, 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 deny, deny, deny. Then when the story eventually does come out, then they turn around and say, well, that's old news. We've already dealt with this before. You know, yeah. uh, um, uh, they waited so long to die for Biden that the the years of 2014 and 2015, he couldn't be indicted for. So that shields, you know, the, a lot of the vice president's paperwork or the paperwork that could implicate the vice president because it, you know, it, it occurred, you know, during those years or before those years. While he was working, and and you know that's the sort of the, the brilliance in all of this. Here's the only saving grace, as far as I'm concerned, in all of this, Steve, which is you know you remember that during Watergate, um, Deep Throat tells Woodward and Bernstein that the indictments are going to go to X, Y, and Z. You know they're going to go to a certain number of the president's men, and then they're going to stop. And and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Well. That wasn't the end of the story. The end of the story was the truth will out. Now that's a that's you know the, the real issue here is is anybody in the press going to look further than this? And are the American people going to care? For me, what's important is that the truth will out. I just want to know what happened, right? Yeah. You know, I think, I think regardless of, of where the chips may be, I we as the American people have a right to know whether or not the the vice president of the United States was using his office as his own personal piggy bank. I, I mean, I think that's, I think the inexcusable, I mean, I think the, uh, I think the evidence points in that direction. Sure. And I think I that's the reason that evidence is being hidden. I also think that's why Jamie Raskin is having these powwows uh, with certain members of the Republican House caucus and certain Republican senators and saying, why don't you just let go of this whole impeachment thing? We're just going to play it up as if it's politics and it's a scam and it's a witch hunt. <laughs> the irony there is not lost on anyone, given what they've been putting Donald Trump through. But my God, are you hopeful, Andrew? Because these, uh, I got to say, these polls are not looking good for Biden. Well, I, I, I would say that I'm an optimist, Steve. The problem really comes down to that I've been to this dance before with yeah. Joe Biden being as unpopular, maybe not quite as unpopular as he is now going into the, um, going into the, the 2022 midterms. And we watch this. You know, the problem, of course, is, is that these elections are all about moving small numbers of individuals from column A to column B. And the, the, the Democrats know that all they need to do is turn off a certain number of independent voters in a certain number of states uh, and they can win this election. Listen, the, the confounding variable in all of this are the independent, uh, the third, fourth and even fifth party candidates and the campaigns that they might run. Uh, I've right. got a colleague uh, who says that this thing could wind up in the House next year, and God forbid if America for America if it does. Jeez Louise. Well, I'm just thinking RFK Jr. is not going to hurt Trump, but he will destroy Biden. Joe yeah. Manchin, if he decides to do this no parties label, same story. So you know they're very, very nervous. I mean, they've got to be nervous. Right. But and, and that's just it. They're, the real question is if if the the one of these third parties nominates one of these uh, and never Trump or Republicans, you know, what happens? You know, wh what happens? Because yeah. there are a certain percentage of them. Or anyway, I just I get I get very concerned. I, I've got bets around here as to what what happens. Um, well, we're going to we're going to 
We're going to keep bringing you back to talk about it. Please. Uh, Andrew Langer, by the way, the podcast, Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Go check that out on all your podcasts. And, of course, uh, check him out on CPAC. He is the director for Center of Regulatory Freedom. Andrew Langer, God bless, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you, Steve. We'll talk to you again. Uh, You too, man. Talk to you real soon. That's going to do it for State of the Nation. And me, Steve Hook, Misty Winston is coming up next on TNT Radio. Until tomorrow, goodbye.